0: Hi, everyone. This is Raghu Marcus and our new edition of Mind Rolling. And if you've listened to Mind Rolling over the past couple of years, you'll have heard me refer to somebody quite often.
1: (laughs) Your beautiful wife.
0: And here she is. (laughs) Saraswati Marcus. We figured it was time after all of these uh, podcasts to actually do one with her. We have a certain uh, expertise here from Saraswati, Mm. and uh, that is that she's been teaching and practicing traditional Chinese medicine for now, like, 20
1: 20 years? Well, 21. I'm in my 21st year of practice. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah.
0: And also, uh, she is a, a yoga instructor, and she she's our resident yoga instructor at the Ramdas retreats, basically in yeah, Maui. Yeah,
1: I'm going into my eighth consecutive year of, of teaching with Ramdas and Krishna Das uh, at the retreat. Yeah, so yeah.
0: there you go. Yeah. Um. So we're going to get into a lot of stuff here, and, but. Uh, the first thing I, we have, you know, we always try and ask the folks out there to support us. You see, so mm. we do that. I recommend Amazon stuff all the time, or we ask people to do recurring donations through MindPodNetwork dot com. At this point, though, uh, give me a recommendation of a book that you really, really think is important. If you were to Talk about one book right now that comes to mind that people can find on Amazon. What is it?
1: Well, I think given the, um, the content that we're talking about today, um, which is yoga and all the many kinds of yoga and what that has to do with anything, actually donation is a path of yoga. You know, so all you have to do is actually donate, and you're well on your way to getting happier and healthier and freer by being by what we call um, practicing the path of karma yoga. So that's that selfless action, so giving um, and being generous.
0: So basically, if if people give to mind rolling, they'll become enlightened.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Oh,
0: good. Yeah. Okay. See, absolutely. I told you, everybody.
1: <laughs> but it is. It truly is one of the paths of yoga, um, karma yoga. I'm sure you've talked about that a lot. But truly, um, giving, um, and the path of action is a uh, uh, is a legitimate path, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more later.
0: What's uh, the book though?
1: So I recommend reading the Yoga Sutras by Pat- Pat- Patanjali.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. That's a great thing.
1: Yeah, and that will that'll tell you a lot about how to how to begin uh your own cultivation if you you don't know where to begin and it seems like there's so many different paths. This is a path of starting in the body because we all know we have a body, you know. Mm. So we start with a body and move on.
0: So Patanjali, or Patanjali? Yeah,
1: exactly. P
0: a t a n j a l i. You got it. I think Duncan Trussell loves the Yoga Sutras. Yeah. Doesn't he talk he, about He talks that? about Our the yogi- guru? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or Definitely. mine, anyhow.
1: Well, he's one of my gurus. Is he? Yeah. Okay,
0: good. Yeah. Love me uh, some Duncan. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that we do with everybody that comes on here is we talk about... What it was that uh, triggered their uh, entering the stream, shall we say, or getting on the path? And in any way, can you tell us a little bit about your transformational moments? Some of which, of course, I know, but there, you know, I don't maybe know the details. But uh.
1: so interesting, as we were just talking about karma yoga. Um, there's two points um, that I think are the most significant. Um, But there's been more and more, you know, it's an unfolding, you know what I mean, where you find yourself even deep, more deeply submerged into that stream. Um, The first point was definitely um, driving home from a yoga class in the late 1990s and hearing Krishna Das um, singing the Maha Mantra on the radio, listening to NPR, and just was struck um by those sacred syllables and how they resonated in my body like there was some clear and immediate resonance um which i think is part of the way yoga works and transmissions work and the way asana works especially when we vibrate in asana <laughs> but at that moment i was resonated with by Krishna das mm. and these sounds, and um, it was just complete, almost as if my life was on one track, and then it was on another. Mm. Um, so I don't yeah. have to tell you the details, because I've talked to so I thought I was so unique, and yet to find that I've heard right. that same exact story from, you Dime know. a dozen. I tell yeah. you, I've got no, no unique, I'm not special. Yeah.
0: And by the way, and then, <laughs> of course, after she told me this, Saraswati, many years ago, I said, well, the only way you heard that on the radio, on NPR, was because it was part of the record company that we had, and I made that happen, me.
1: Well, you know, so all you could... paths lead to you, Raghu. That's it. They do, all paths. Thank you. you know, you're welcome. Now,
0: earlier, let's do you talk... want to
1: hear the second point?
0: Yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, no problem. But earlier, but to put it in yeah. there, but the second point is interesting because it was... Um, probably five, six, seven years later, been on retreats, you know, with Krishna Das, had met Ram Das. Um, but it was, I believe, in 2005, when um, Wayne Dyer wrote a long article about his beloved friendship and um, teacher, Ram Das, and as a call to action, and we spoke just a few minutes ago about action, which is what the word karma, when used in the context of karma yoga, means is action. And and Wayne was asking for people to gather and bring um, support to help Ramdas. And that I I was not at a time in my life where I had a lot of extra money. Um, but I actually wrote a check for kind of as much money as almost like all the money I had, it, not quite, but all the extra money I had. Mm. And sending that over to Ramdas. So it was, um, inspired by this article by Wayne. Um, but the sending of it to Ramdas deepened, like it was my own, um, recognition of my commitment Hmm. to that this it was like me taking it like owning it it was ownership Hmm. it was mine Hmm. and that was really a deepening and so many years later six or seven years later um you kind of think you may not get deeper but it only deepens and then even got deeper Hmm. but yeah those were the points
0: so when i was saying go back a little when you were younger is there an experience in your teenage years uh, you were in your 20s or at some point where something popped up for you that made you know that at least you were not your thoughts or there was another reality or there was a way to be happy that first, we're looking for that first, first transformative moment
1: you know, I, I've been asked this before and you know, since I was a little girl, I always felt different. I was somewhat different than everyone in my family. And that's definitely true. It's like, how, who are these people? Hmm. Um, you know, um, yeah, I really, I can't really think honestly of one point. I mean, I, um, yeah, I've always been, um, uh, someone who uh, otherworldly things you didn't have to convince me they were true you know i was just like already in it might be my generation i am not really sure um as we you know um you know growing up in the 70s i was born in the 60s growing up in the 70s and 80s you know we were sort of you know had the fruits of of those who of the sixties, the movement, you know, so we were raised in a kind of conscious, mm. relatively conscious environment. Mm. It wasn't really so far out. So uh, I can't say there really was a point where I realized I wasn't my thoughts. I mean, I think that happened much later, not as a child, but much more, mm. you know, uh, much when I was much older. Really?
0: Um, I want to introduce something that I know is very close to your heart and has really been a big part of your life, a big part of the teachings you've been giving, a big part of the teachings you give, and that's the Tao Te Ching, and um, which can we loosely describe it as the Tao as being that which is in harmony with everything? Is that a? Or do you can you want to expand it a little bit? But just to for those who don't know, it's an in- incredible... Um, well, you give a little history okay, of the Tao, and I do want to just give people an idea by reading a little passage.
1: Well, it's a philosophy that comes from China, and the Tao, when you translate it, and when you see the pictogram, it means something like the way. Um, so when you say, you know, something is in harmony with everything else, I mean, perhaps... Um but it has something to do with um, resistance and the opposing uh, lack of resistance. So being in harmony with um, implies that there's no resistance there. So living in a way, um, you know, body, speech and mind, where you're not, Um, incurring resistance is Mm -hmm. the way of the Tao, the way of the Tao. They also say that which can be described is not the Tao. So it's, you know, once you make a statement, there will, you know, there's clearly will be the opposite of that statement. So it can't be spoken, but it can be inferred to this sort of thing.
0: Right. Well, here is uh, just one small token, really, from the Tao. That I particularly love, uh, I guess Ramdas has quoted this before. That's probably where I heard it. Those who don't, those I'm sorry. Let's start again. Those who know don't talk. Those who talk don't know. Close your mouth. Block off your senses. Blunt your sharpness. Untie your knots. Soften your glare. Settle your dust. This is the primal identity. Be like the Tao. It can't be approached or withdrawn from, benefited or harmed, honored or brought into disgrace. It gives itself up continually. That is why it endures. Boy, isn't everything in there this whole thing's got the whole darn thing in there that's exactly
1: right? what i was thinking it's everything and it almost like um step by step takes you through um the path of of raja yoga or what later became or includes hatha yoga mm. is is right there yeah. at, when it talks about undo your knots which is implying the way that energy gets blocked in your noughties or or your, your mental, you know, the mental level, emotional level, it says, withdraw your senses, keep your, your focus single pointed or, or something like that till the dust settles. It implies that, um, Nothing is to be gained. Nothing is to be lost. It's all there. It just needs to be uncovered and turned towards. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's all there.
0: Yeah. So. Um, And, so just to share with everybody, we've had a dialect that Saraswati and I, over the years, especially that she's been teaching at the uh, retreats in Maui, about uh, and me in particular, about not. Uh, having enough of a um, substantial honoring of the Hatha Yoga that is done at the retreats, which serves everybody. I mean, that uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, there's 100 people on the floor. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I, uh, being the, the director of the foundation, and I'm really... Uh, work with Ramdas and the other teachers around the programming and so on and themes that we put into effect and so on and so forth. I so we've had a little bit of a dialectic, haven't we now?
1: Yeah, we have. We've had a little bit of a dialectic. And it's not that I don't think it should be honored. I just um there it they're you know, they there's so much to be shared with as a system, uh, hatha yoga uh, of, of uh, it, that it's a real path. So uh, that's been more the conversation that you know that this is a real path of um, moksha or liberation or freedom or getting happy or at least being able to live with yourself. It's a real path. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's what seems to be, that it's, oh, let's give the people a little bit of movement, because they have to sit all day yeah. listening. You know, that's sort of been my feeling. Well, and that might not be true, but that's, um, is that true? Let's give the people a little movement.
0: No, I wouldn't mm. say it's that weird on my part. It may be a little <laughs> bit, boy, there should be yoga at the retreat, so we're well, going to give yoga.
1: Well, tell me this. Do you remember on one of our first dates, you um, said that you would come to me with, and come to a yoga class with me yeah you did you said of course i'll come with you and then um did we go
0: i went to your yoga class at the retreat
1: if we no, we didn't go to a yoga class together
0: no we, we haven't, haven't gone been. yet we haven't done that and yet.
1: we've been together what 40 years
0: yeah about, about 50 60 maybe. 60 years um uh, yeah. And so here's how the, you want to all hear it. Here's the goes. I do Pilates. Pilates isn't a spiritual practice. It's an exercise. Yeah. But it. So that's we. So we go back and forth and that's to fill you in on our little relationship here. Uh, everybody out there. But le, can I let me just say one thing and all then right. I want you to launch. OK. Into it. Uh as of lately, even, never mind that I haven't gone to a yoga class with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As of lately, though, uh, I have begun to really realize the effect of, uh, that yoga has uh, that is uh, highly, um, it, enc- it can really encourage you, if you haven't done it out there, that you can get some real wisdom from within your own body about, and, you know, we just said the Tao, about the knots that are there, both emotional and psychic and physical and the manifestation of such. So uh, I, I would like you, you know, we've talked about accessing the innate wisdom of our body, through this practice so talk a little bit about how that happens for you and maybe even you know a little personal example
1: well what I how I can access the innate wisdom you know has something to do with the energies that reside in our body it has something to do with um, the um, a foundational belief, perhaps maybe even, I don't know if it's my value or my belief that everything is connected to everything and everything is connected to everything else. So if that is, is true, then the energies, and this is really an aspect of Taoism, the energies that exist in the external world also exist in the inner world, and we in medicine, Chinese medicine, and Ayurveda, the medicine of that yoga is part of from India, is based on the system of elements, and that your body uh, show body or mind or spirit shows uh, very specific symptoms or tendencies strengths or weaknesses based on which elements are strong and which elements are weak. Um, and so the, the notion of having, um, uh, being very uh, rooted into, in an internal way, into an internal knowing, um, it, it, maybe I, I like to use the language of an unshakable stability. Um, we would call belonging to the water element. And the water element expresses very specifically as the kidney and the bladder meridian organ complexes. So once we know that, and it's a system of correspondences. So there's an emotional component, there's a virtue, there, um, is a body area, there's a sense organ um, that is related to the element. So we can begin to work, have a direct relationship with um, this ability, this innate wisdom. We can cultivate it very specifically. We have a doorway that connects the body uh, to cultivation um to um higher states of of consciousness uh, you know of happiness of easefulness so i mean that's just one example but in that's 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 really my go to
0: mm. what uh, talk about your first instances instances with yoga and how they affected you <laughs> He's laughing at me. Yeah,
1: well, I'm just you know I wish I knew more about this gentleman that I took my first yoga class with. I must have been about 20, um, and uh, you know I didn't you know okay I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and no I didn't had never even heard the word yoga. Um, you know um, I think I was maybe 18 years old, hmm. and happened to see the word yoga on a sign. On some building, it was some sort of like gymnasium kind of thing. And I went to the class, and I was the only person there. And you know, the this gentleman, um, uh, you know, it's people, you know, playing other kinds of, you know, lots of activities going on in a gymnasium. So we were in the corner of a room that had, you know, people playing basketball, and there were people, you know, uh, w- lifting weights and like that. And so we were on mats and pretty much any pose that he did, I could just put my body right in this pose. Like, And so he kept looking at his, you know, you know turning his head to the side, like, mm-hmm. oh, you must have been a yogi in a past life. And I said, yeah, I must have been, but, and I probably was, you know, um, but I happen to be someone, or at least so far, I find myself a little bit changing as of late. But up until now, I would describe myself as somebody very embodied, you know, like I, you know, um, experience, my experience happens a lot through the body. And I find those kinds of people tend to be inclined towards this path of Hatha yoga more than others, which is probably why Um, you know, some people go more in a direction of, uh, you know, the four major paths of yoga that we know about, uh, devotional yoga, the yoga of service, the yoga of, um, uh, um, um, intellect. Yes. Thanks. Intellect, uh, of, um, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And the yoga of, um, Really, what what in the Bhagavad Gita, they call this type that I'm speaking of, of Hatha Yoga, which, you know, the real word is Raja Yoga. They call it the the yoga of meditation, using psycho-physical technique to bring yourself to a one-pointedness. And Raja Yoga are the eight limbs or the eight steps of which body posture, Hatha, and all the things we do with our body whether we breathe it or we put the hands into shapes and mudras or we use sounding, chanting, or mantra repetition. There are are some overlap between the different ones, the different kinds. But all the things in general that we can do with this body um, is put into the category of hatha yoga.
0: And when you talk about it is a meditation and and that's how it is... uh, directly inferred to mm-hmm. uh, in the Bhagavad Gita uh, I will say many people say that you're teaching at the uh, not many people it's more like one person's told me this uh, oh come that,
1: on <laughs> give me a break uh, the only reason you're
0: teaching there all the time is because of me it's nepotism because I'm the director of the foundation okay now there's I'm one embarrassed there's one Wh- person who says who that who said that you oh, nobody okay. else has said that okay <laughs> and uh and oh, I just want to tell everybody, and I, and oh, I, I do God. tell her as well, that uh, the focus on yoga as meditation, and uh, and the heart, the heart mind, is why she's there. Okay, because I especially, as everybody out there knows, how allergic I am to the new age quote unquote stuff that goes on between chanting kirtan. Kind of stuff and yoga, uh, then uh, you uh, understand that I'm I mean this. So uh, that's just a little <laughs> prompt for More you. More
1: about our little dynamic, yes. our little relationship.
0: Now, one of the <laughs> things, one of the things that is uh, most important to me, and and what I like to share with everybody out there, is the way that we're stuck so hard in our habitual patterns. Mm. And and they run the gamut, of course, from our physical bodies to our mental states, to our emotional states, thinking mind, all of it. And uh, that is uh, whatever leverage that we can get to move from these habitual patterns. Uh, would I would say it's probably the most important thing I think people can uh, realize and uh, make their life better by just moving from these habitual patterns now you've talked to me a lot about how the work that you do with yoga particularly and we're going to get into chinese medicine in a bit but particularly in yoga how there is a way in which it really does because you're going again within the body to release stuff that uh that uh, really uh hammers you in these uh, with these habitual patterns that consistently go on. I mean, people I, I I know myself that I have so many habitual patterns that of course that you point out to me quite a bit by the I'm way. I'm trying yeah. to stop, yeah. really.
1: But Every stop time it. I do, I'm like,
0: ah, yeah, I mean toast is terrible and I'm eating it and stop it's eating awful. That, inflammatory, that, inflammatory stop, everybody. Yeah, toast. insulin
1: resistance. Yes.
0: Uh or just sitting in front of my computer and not being in the right posture because I've gotten into a habitual tendency. Well, Talk something
1: about. I'd like to say about habit is: Why do you think habits are d- so difficult to to
0: change? What do you think? The repetition of them, uh, we get into a complete uh, um, pattern.
1: Habit: the definition of a habit is that it goes on without consciously being aware of it. That is a pa- a habit. So, it's being unconscious in our experience. Mm. That's the definition of a habit. So, the only way to make any headway with habit is to bring more consciousness into your day to day, moment to moment life, which is what all of these practices are geared towards. So, I don't think there's too much hope for anybody out there that just is like, I'm going to change these habits better chance is to start some kind of cultivation, bring some awareness, bring some consciousness into your life. And then there's a chance, there's a prayer, a hope that you might notice when you're in a habit. That, I think, is actually more how it works.
0: Mm. And then talk about, though, the actual practice of yoga and uh, just any asana, any position that you might want to talk about, how it directly affects the re- the releasing of habitual tendencies.
1: Well, before we do that, you know, sp- talk about specific asana, because there's, you know, after all, it's a, you know, per the source text where so much of this information comes from is um, from the Bhagavad Gita, um, and so this is the perspective that we're going to come from. And then later, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras really delineates the very specific uh, Raja yoga that then became hatha yoga. Um, but um, you know, the tagline for my medical practice and for my for my clinic is where health meets consciousness. So it's taking on this very exact issue, where health meets consciousness, that healing is dependent on really showing up and meeting yourself in your own life and taking accountability and pointing your energy where you want to place it. Um, it so that's the that's the recognition of, of that, of, of the habit standing in opposition to that. Hmm. Um, and then in terms of, of habit, um, one of my teachers, who taught me a, a, a much about the Nourishing Life method, um, which is what I use at my clinic, um, which is a system that includes yoga on many of the yogas, but Hatha Yoga and Dao Flow Yoga, which is my the style that I've created. Um, but he would talk about habit. And because he was a Buddhist, he would talk about, um, um, in, in the, in the, um, let's see, how did he, how did it go? In the, um, essentially what Trungpa, uh, uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche would talk about was, would be finding the gap. Mm. So before wow. there is, There may be stimulus, is the first thing trigger, then space. And then you have an option to either react or respond. Um, And so that's a three part process. You know, and habit gets, habit takes it down to a two part process of there is trigger and reaction. And what yoga as a, as a path can do is bring um, spaciousness. What does that mean? So mm. asana is um, there's many, uh, you you know, they need to be balanced. You know, there's standing, there's, you know, dynamic, there's still, there's back bends, forward bends, all kinds of, and the more balanced a practice, um, certainly the more, Evenly spacious, and you know, uh, one will be. But with that spaciousness, there's a chance to find that lead into your relational life with yourself and with others, so that you have the the initiating factor or trigger, and then the space. Hmm. All, so all you need is a second, and that's consciousness. Enters right into that moment, and then you know anything's possible. You know, anything is possible.
0: Mm. I love that connection with Trunko's gap, yeah, that's perfect. Um, yes, if more of us could really get in the gap, we would be able to find a way to transform these habitual patterns. Absolutely. Um, so the other work that you've done that you, you've uh, told you're in your 21st year of is traditional Chinese medicine. And I know you've studied in China and uh, spent real time with real people who know this stuff. Okay, This isn't a new age school in the West. Sorry about that. Saraswati actually had a wonderful clinic with her ex-husband. Alex, uh, in uh, San Diego that was uh, one of the primary places that has produced uh, amazing Chinese medicine doctors in the last number of years. But I want to talk about... uh, So what uh, Saraswati has done here, not to get into too much of a commercial for uh, her work and her clinic, but uh, she has done an amazing thing, and that's the synthesizing of her Chinese medicine practice, the Tao, and yoga, in a way that is just uh, helping uh, many, 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 many people. And, And of course, her specialty is women's health. So uh, And in fact, she's running uh, trainings for this. And you told me today there's people in Sweden that are doing this, this work at this point. So it's getting worldwide here. It is. Next thing it'll be, uh, we have to take it to India, right? Uh, so just talk a little bit about uh, the way in which you express the, um, the, this synthesis of Chinese medicine the Tao and, and yoga.
1: Um, something I think that is, um, meaningful to say before that is, um, this notion and and tacking onto the, you know, really our last, um, last few things we were talking about, um, is this ability that we all have to progress our own pathology. That if we just stay on the track we're on, we progress our own pathology. It means essentially everything stays the same and maybe even gets a little bit worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, And why why we do that or why that happens is because we, um, we have preferences, you know.
0: Back to the Tao.
1: Yeah, back to the Tao, back to the third patriarch, Song Sun. Um, and he said, "The what, what is it, the, um, uh, something about those, those who are, those are people, those are free people, it, it is, as long as they don't have preferences, I'm totally butchering that quote, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yep, yep. Um, uh, so we like what we like and as long as we go in the direction of what we like, um, then we stay in that track of progressing our own pathology. So, my, my te- toast is, yeah, is, a your good toast example. is uh, just the perfect.
0: inflammation that results from my toast. The toast, I can't, I'm, I can't. I you can't.
1: love it. I mean,
0: oh, it God. does, it's it big time you. pathology. Oh. <laughs> I
1: try to, I try to contain myself, but, um, And so that teacher you mentioned, my former husband, Alex, he would say, you know, getting healthy is easy. All you got to do is change what you like, whatever Mm -hmm. you like, do the opposite and you'll Mm -hmm. get healthy.
0: Right. Change what you like.
1: Change what you like. The hardest
0: thing in the whole universe there.
1: (laughs) That's my prescription for just about every patient. But actually, um, you know, coming back to resonance in that first moment uh, when I got uh, really touched by, um, you know, into this stream of, of deeper consciousness. Uh, we were talking about with Krishna das and hearing mm-hmm. the Maha Mantra. Um, what happens in the clinical experience, and then I'll try to move on into the yoga piece, um, into the clinical encounter, and it actually sort of just happened here with us, is that um, it's undeniable when resonance happens between two people. You can't not feel it. Or resonance happens between two beings. Or maybe it could even be uh, a piece of material you read, something you encounter, a video or this podcast, anything. But when resonance um, happens, especially between two people then there's no longer two people there's one there's one thing happening and then that's where everything you talked about what opens the noddies that opens the noddies that just connection.
0: Nadis being... Oh,
1: sorry, the knots. Uh, the nadis being the meridians in the body, and mm. nadi is a word in uh, Sanskrit. Mm. So that's the channels of energy. Right. So what opens the knots? Like, which asana do I do, or which herb do mm. I take? I get this from every patient. Mm. What, what, you know, can you put the point in that helps me to blah, blah, you know, my habit, or my, you know, the thing I like, or... Um, and so it's finding that way that, that, um, that which you can find resonance with. Um, and I've found that in my clinical practice amongst other places, when I can find that with a patient, then they have the ability to um, see themselves mm. because there's not two things there's not separate they're same and then then there's sort of nowhere to hide mm-hmm. you know what I mean the
0: resonance reflects the truth the truth
1: mm. and then then change becomes much much... Uh, much easier, much more of a beautiful experience than this fight, than this resistance. It's like, ooh, what was that thing? I want to go back and get some more of that, you mm, know? Yeah. And so the heal. that's where healing takes on a whole different
0: movement. Right. And that's basically what you're talking about when you're synthesizing these ideas from Chinese medicine, the Tao. Along with uh, with yoga practice absolutely and yoga beyond I know very well that you teach beyond just the physical yoga hatha yoga you're you are absolutely including the other arms of yoga in this, and that's why I think it's a pretty marvelous synthesis
1: well just to speak to just a name name those arms that's
0: very awful me saying that on air my wife she's the greatest i mean. But I can do it, right?
1: At least you're saying it. I'm just, God bless America, yeah. you know. Thank you. I'm serious.
0: <laughs> okay, we just tap toes. It's like okay. High five, it's like high foot. Um, I, okay. okay, what were you going to say?
1: I wanted just to name, we were ta- We're talking about arms and limbs <laughs> and everything else. So let me just place a little context, because that's the Virgo, Mercury piece of me that's in my 10th house.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Miss astrologist, yes.
1: It's my new passion. And so um, anyway, so when we talk about, I mean, there's so many kinds of yoga, um, but when we say the four types of yoga, we're talking about the yoga from the Bhagavad Gita that was discussed by Krishna to Arjuna on the battlefield when the conversation about what is wisdom arises, because Arjun is conflicted. He doesn't feel like it's wise to like, he hears the battle, you know, is beginning and he looks across the battlefield and he sees his relatives and he's does he, It feels like it's going against, you know, some critical element inside him. Um, to move forward in that direction. And so this starts a conversation about the, about wisdom and about what wisdom is. Um, And um, uh, Krishna says there's two ways to achieve wisdom. One is through jnana or jnana. Intellect. uh, The yoga of, of, um, of knowledge And that's an inward focus from the material world to pursue contemplation to uncover wisdom versus karma action, which is actually moving out into the material world in as a means to uncover wisdom. Um, So those are two of the kinds of paths of yoga. And there are people when we talk about jnana yoga, that's, self-study, that's self-reflection, that's going inward, the sacred texts. Um, and um, karma yoga is the, was, seva is included in mm. that um, uh, service. Uh, so being in service, and Krishna goes on to say, service is the key to all action. So mm. if you're not sure that your action is wholesome... Service is the key. Mm. So I think that's pretty interesting. In the same section or soon after, the two other kinds of yoga are bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion, of being dedicated, like fully placing your prana, your chi, your energy, your life force at the feet of the divine. Mm. All of it, all Mm. of your prana. And then the fourth type of yoga is Raja Yoga, which Krishna describes, or the Bhagavad Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna describes as the psychophysical meditation arm. So really, the whole path of Raja Yoga is geared to meditation, Mm. finding a stillness of mind. Mm. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, we're getting to the end of the podcast, but before there's still one thing that i think would be highly um advisable for you to talk about with in terms of helping people because there's one thing that you do and that you teach and that you are very committed to and that is the practice of pranayama and especially obviously you just mentioned it related to consciousness and how how that talk about something that can enter you into the gap is doing uh, some very uh, purposeful breathing exercises, which are, that's a very loose term for what it is, actually is. Good. But you, would you talk about, uh, just give people a little idea of, of, of some, like stop their day, a little practice that would actually stop their day, stop our day, stop the busy mind stop the fear stop the chaos whatever it is that's really got us completely trapped in a moment just a, a little bit of uh, a practice the practice of, of pranayam which is uh, and just explain that out a little bit
1: you know I it's like you keep asking me questions and and I'm like well I don't want to answer that question <laughs> Well, I will answer that question, but we're jumping over and this is, you know, we have to be, this is an orderly system. So you can't go to step three without starting at step one. I want to. You want to go to step three. Yeah. Well, the system of Raja Yoga is based in an eight step uh, path, an eight, an eight fold path or an eight step path. It's called Ashtanga Yoga. Um, Not to be confused with Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga, although they're very uh, connected, which is um, very important to Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga, uh, which is that kind of very powerful yoga that was developed by Sri K. Patabi Joyce. But Ashtanga Yoga is Ashtanga Ashto means eight And so there are eight steps in this path and the final point being samadhi, which is what they're talking about in the Bhagavad Gita, why it's a psychophysical meditation. So you start with the first two steps are called yama and niyama. And the yamas have something to do with, um, you know, the way you will interact in the world. You know, like how you will be in the world as a person, Um, you know, like that you won't will won't harm others, you know, that you're going to work towards that, that you're not going to steal, that you're not going to like hoard things and so forth. So there's five of them. Mm -hmm. Then there's the niyamas. And these are the things that you want more inward to cultivate, that you want to, um, you know, uh, have a kind of uh, pureness or a reestablish a pure intention, of cleanliness, of you know, but a, that kind of purity, um, a, a, a contentment of being at peace with yourself. And it goes on. but I, I particularly like the Niyamas, and this is the second step. And then um, asana is actually the third step. Uh, which is body posture. And then the breathing isn't until the fourth step, actually. Fourth. Yeah. Mm. But so, but I've, I will get there, but um, it, it just can't be overlooked because this is huge. These first two limbs are really an ethical base because when you talk about stopping your day or finding the gap, it's a lot easier when you feel like good about yourself. When, you know, when you've, when you've got less bullshit, you're like making problems for yourself more and more and more. When you're able to begin to cultivate a more uh, wholesome, uh, a life that's in resonance, your values, who you are, who you want to be, who you think you are, are in harmony with what you're doing in your life, then there's less, less kind of bullshit, if you will, going on in your mind when you, when you show up for your practice. So most of the wisdom traditions actually are rooted in an ethical base. And Mm -hmm. so are these limbs of, of Raja yoga, which is why, of course, it should be talked about at, in any kind of retreat setting. It firmly belongs there. Mm. Um, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so the but and this is the promise of yoga is here in the second limb of the the niyamas tapas svadhyaya ishwara pranidhan. This is the promise of yoga tapas means something like um an austerity or burning effort but really it is um uh how i learned it from one of my teachers is purification mm-hmm. not like something that was dirty or shameful i mean maybe it it is that too but more about opening like letting go making space and for sure movement breath focus all sweating doing something hard all of that makes space in your body for something new to mm-hmm. emerge, which is that next uh which is that next uh step, svariyaya, which is means something like self-study. That means let me look at myself. Mm-hmm. How how was I in that situation? Do I want to be like that? Do I want to be different? And then so that is uh reflection, uh svariyaya. And then the the last of the niyamas is uh Ishwara pranidhan, which is that prana prana dana prana dana that's giving all of your prana to god Energy. so it is surrender that's the promise that you practice yoga these things will happen purification reflection surrender hmm. so with that we can talk about a, 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 the next step is is postures the next step is breath the next step is concentration or sorry, it is a withdrawal of your senses. The next step is concentration, then meditation, then absorption. Mm. So it, And it works just like that. Um,
0: so See, it, everybody, have you had that when you go to your local corner yoga shop? Are you getting all that information? I don't think so. Um, I'm going to get a lot of letters about that.
1: Oh, this is, you know, yoga is getting better and better. And what we're doing, find ourselves doing more, which we're doing at the retreat this um, spring is we are stacking, and this is a word that I use particularly in my teacher training program of Tao flow, where we weave it all together with these energies, the five elements, the the movements, the energies, how they move in the body through the meridian system and the nadis, the subtle anatomy and um, the Tao, this finding a way to be in your practice without efforting, uh, you know, like, ah. Uh, You know, and comparing yourself to everyone else. I mean, we all have to go through that process to realize that's not the yoga. Mm. The yoga is learning. The yoga is learning and being more intimate with my own self. Mm. That's what we get to do when we're with our bodies. But what we're doing, um, a lot of people are practicing, are weaving these four kinds of yoga together. They are getting into this knowledge base like, what am I doing? Mm. They are chanting. With every movement, with every exhale, we say mantra or we, we pray. You know, our sun salutation is nothing more than a elaborate prostration, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we, we place our hands in just a way on the mat like we would want to caress the beloved.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, truly.
0: Wow. Now, of course, everybody, you can come to Saraswati, Dr. Saraswati Marcus's. Teacher training as well. We have to announce that, and which is in June. You go to nourishinglife.com and you'll see. Well,
1: what's better is better. To, better is to go to dowflowyoga.com Okay, D- see,
0: gave you the wrong URL. Well, you can go to nourishing life and find out all about yeah. uh, the Chinese medicine the part. The clinic. Yeah. And- okay. dowflowyoga flow yoga. D a o f l o w y o g a dot Exactly. Go there, and you can find out how to join up because it's in June. You have got plenty of time, so that's there. And otherwise, if you're not interested in perhaps being a practitioner and, and training yourself to be able to carry this tradition and serve people, you can just come and have a good old time at Ramdas's retreat with Lama Suryadas, Mirabai Bush, Trevor Hall, Duncan Trussell. The oh Guru goodness. will be there. And Mina start. Rao. Mina Rao doing uh, Kirtan at night. Joanna Cotter. And Joanna and doing Mirabai Qigong. Bush. Yeah. I mean
1: it goes on and on. It's yeah. incredible. And, you,
0: and Benji Wertheimer is going to be doing music with Benji, you. Can you yeah, believe it? I,
1: exactly and Heather.
0: Yeah. All, All right, absolutely.
1: so Ramesh?
0: Yes. Early morning meditation. Ragu. I'll be there too. Yes. <laughs> uh but uh, so opportunities abound here to take part in uh, Saraswati's life force mm. okay
1: well do we have to leave now yeah we gotta I mean, leave sponsor
0: like says this is time up you got you know it's like we're I, sponsored I, by fa- Pepto-Bismol or something <laughs> Pepto, uh, why
1: would you pick that one of, I don't like, know of anything you could I sponsoring. need it yogi, oh every yogi tea or something no you know?
0: Pepto-Bismol we're going to by the way everybody we're going to India when you hear this uh, we will be on a probably on the plane or something, and and be in India, and I'll need some Pepto Bismol. Yeah, and uh, it's not even the- called
1: Pepto Bismol. No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, it used <laughs> to be. Um, and the other thing is that uh, I promise uh, I'll give up toast. Uh, that's one thing I'm going to try and get there. And what did he say, Alex? Change what you love. He said, like, I'll Life. say love because I love toast. If you so want to get
1: healthy, just change everything you like. Right. Do the opposite.
0: Right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's going to be the motto we're going to go away with from this podcast. And I didn't get
1: a chance to do the breath practice.
0: Oh, the breath practice. Okay. I so right, just
1: want to do the breath practice. All right.
0: Just give everybody a very, uh, small <laughs> breath practice.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do that. But just to, you know, to, to speak to Dow flow yoga, you don't have to come because you're a teacher wanting training, any yoga practice, any yoga training that's an immersion is going to jumpstart your own cultivation. And what's so special about this one, I think is just the, the how deep we go into all of the four types of yoga that is so special along with it being a healing kind of yoga. And as Raghu mentioned, I'm a holistic gynecologist, so there's a special focus on women's health, using yoga as a real tool to be strong and healthy. Um, One of the things I like to say is, um, is consciousness is the only self-care tool you really need. If you're really present with yourself, you can make good choices. So this is all the kind of stuff we talk about. We go really deep, and if you just want to jumpstart your own cultivation, deepen into, uh, start start your life. You know, get on a new track. Uh, be a leader in your community. Um, it's a great it's a great uh, way to to start that. So now for your yoga practice. Um, a breath practice, and this is something that probably a lot of people know about, um, but in case you don't, you talked about in the middle of your day, you know, maybe you can do something to kind of shift things a little bit if mm. you feel a little freaked out or racy or overwhelmed. Um, what we know is that a practice deep into the low belly, it's called diaphragmatic breathing that you inhale and and instead of inhaling we think of our chest rising and there are many many kinds of breaths so there that's another practice that's good for something else this one is good for relaxing and kind of tapping into a really deep authentic kind of like a great equalizer it only takes two minutes to find that shift so pretty fast so what you'll do is we all we think that it's wise to sit up nice and tall and straight. If you're most of us will be sitting in a chair, so both feet will be flat on the floor. Your low back is all the way back in the chair, supported. If your legs are long enough, otherwise you're sitting closer to the edge, but your your feet are flat. Spine is tall, and you'll take a breath in. All the breath is in and out through the nose. You'll take a breath in. And take the breath all the way down to the low belly and feel the belly rise, front back, side to side, and suspend that just for a beat. And then as you exhale, you take the belly back towards the spine and the breath moves up and out through the nose. And again, you'll inhale, take the breath in, Down, fill the belly, and really suspend and pause everything like a fullness. And exhale, take the breath. Exhale, take the the belly back to the spine. And there's actually a circuit called the microcosmic orbit circuit that gets going. This harmonizes the small body with the large body, like the, the the cosmic energy. So that's what's really happening in this practice. And a very, I'll close with a Taoist uh, statement. I've thought to use this, I haven't quite put it into place too many, too many places yet, which is full belly, empty mind. And that's really what you come away with as a result of this breath practice is belly, full belly, meaning full belly, full of chi, full of life force. So, all your energy surrounding the navel uh, and lower into the Dantian, first, second, third chakras. And the mind, the upper mind, which is usually overstimulated and busy, is empty. Hmm. So, full belly, empty mind.
0: Thank you, my love. (laughs) <laughs> it's wonderful. No, and that's a great practice to do at any point. You can just do it sitting in a chair, two minutes or two minutes. Yeah. So there let you us go.
1: know if it if you do it. Let us know if it if you felt something. You should, and if you need clarification, send us a note.
0: Yeah, you can do that on the website. And all, by the way, all of this information will be on the mind rolling page, and uh, all the references and links. So you'll be able to go there and find everything. And uh, and now that I know that whoever comes to Mind Rolling and MindPod Network and, and supports it with uh, graciously uh, will be enlightened, this is something I've never told the audience before, <laughs> that they can get that result. So thank you so much for that information. No problem. And uh, thanks for being here. My That's pleasure. Great.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and we're going to see you all... Uh, after we'll we'll we're gonna do a little uh, podcasting maybe in India, right? We I should think we just should. hang out and talk. We're gonna be with some amazing people. And um,
1: Maybe uh we should do something um uh after the Ganga bath. Right. That would be good.
0: Yes, we're gonna be meditating in Vashista's cave, Ram's Guru.
1: Raman Lakshman's teacher. Teacher. Yes. Yes. And then we'll go and get rid of all of our sins. So does that mean, as we take a Ganga bath, is it sins? It's not sins. Well. It purifies our life.
0: Yeah. Purification. Karma. 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 Yes. No sins. 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 There's no sins. There's no that's, sins. That's something. Christian Jewish kind of stuff. <laughs> well. Yeah. We're uh, inundated. <laughs> yes, that, we so. are. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Mind Rolling. Thanks, Raghu. Thank you, Saraswati. See you later, folks.